This is Sustainable Conversations on the Broomwagon, brought to you by the Broomwagon Podcast. Because despite by thinking that we are all superheroes fueled up with jelly candies and raw food, there is still a lot of pollution around the bicycle world. Stefano, aka Calamaro, and Andrea, full-time nerd, are going to talk with the champions of bicycle sustainability. Sit down, listen to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number four of the Sustainable Conversations, the final episode. Sustainable Conversations brought to you by Broom Wagon Podcast, by yours truly, Stefano, aka Calamaro, by Andrea, the co-ideator of this mini-series. In this mini-series, we talked about a bit more on how the industry is really doing with sustainability, because all the cycling industry is not as clean as we thought. The feedback that we received on our channel were awesome. And we received them on Instagram, CalamaroCC or Andrea underscore Malacarne or Broomwagon Club. And we received them as well on hello at calamaro.cc. If you want to continue support this series and the full episodes and the full podcast, feel free to comment, share, review and everything. Actually, comment, review and rate is the best thing that you can do on the App Store. And the thing that you can do all around the internet or not just by personal points just contact all your friends and just share the episodes with somebody you think can be interested that's super important because this first of all would support the podcast and we can actually let more people listen to this awesome content and on the other side it's always cool to give this angle on the cycling world because as i was saying it's not everything so clean so episode number four or final episode, even if this one was the first episode that we recorded. But I thought, okay, because tires are the ones that are on the ground most of the time, and also the item that we are using the most on the bike, why don't we put it in the end and get some real inspiration on that? Basically, we got in contact with the Schwalbe team, uh, knowing that they are doing amazing things on the sustainability side, and we got in contact with the sustainability team, as well as with some product manager. We put them all together, we sat on two different sides of microphone, and we actually asked them how they're dealing with the sustainability topic. So how they're dealing with recycling, with production, with durability, with everything. Well, it's time to listen to that and let us know. This is the second take anyways, because I made a mistake at the beginning of this start. But I'm super happy because we are kicking off today an amazing idea from Andrea, who is sitting here at my side, and this is called Sustainable Conversation on the Broom Wagon. We wondered at a certain point how sustainable is the cycling field and cycling industry. We are claiming to be the best probably in the environment, but probably we are doing also something wrong. Talking only between the two of us was not enough, so we decided to invite some of the big players on the cycling industry, and we decided to make comfortable and uncomfortable questions about everything related to sustainability. The first that we have here today, oh, first of all, maybe the best thing is that together with me here is sitting Andrea, who is <laughs> co-ideator. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> and we have on the other side of the microphone today, three guys from the amazing Schwalbe company everybody of you i think knows about schwalbe like the bigger one of the biggest players out there in the tires world and out there i have 
Felix, Felix Jan, Product Manager, and Marcus Lamberts and 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 Sebastian Bogdan. I really think that I misspelled completely all your names. That the both of them are talking about. I actually really involved into the sustainable conversation into the company. Hi everybody! Super happy to have you here in this kind of roundtable to talk about that. Hello. Uh, hi. Hi, Stefano. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super happy to have you there. So I will start in this way, probably. I will start with a small round of presentation, and I will start from me, and then I will turn the wheel, or better, I will turn the microphone to Andrea, and then I will drop it on your side. So everybody knows with whom we are talking and who is talking on that. Probably you know already my voice. That's why I'm going to start. I'm Stefano. I usually uh, host this podcast, The Broom Wagon, and I think you're pretty used to my voice, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. Uh, I'm Andrea, and uh, well, I'm a passionate cyclist. I do not work in the cycling business, but uh, I cycle since, uh, well, ever since, basically. And yeah, I'm I'm really keen on learning more um, about you know sustainability of the bike business. Um, and yeah, that's it. Hi, my name is Felix. I've been working for Schwalbe since I believe 2018. Um, I'm working in product management and development, predominantly for the touring segment and the e-bike segment. And yeah, I'm happy to receive your questions today. Thank you. Hey, Stefano. Hey, Andrea. Uh, my name is Sebastian. Um, I just finished my studies in economic engineering and I'm uh, here at Schwalbe. I'm responsible for yeah, all recycling and sustainability issues. And um, I'm a passionate cyclist as well. And um, yeah, so I'm pretty happy about uh, my job and this very interesting topics we are talking about today. Thank you. Yeah, Stefano and Andrea. My name is Marcus. I'm uh, in the Schwab company since 20 years. And I switched from the product management to uh, sustainability and environmental management together with Sebastian. Cool, cool, cool. Then thanks a lot to be here today. I will start straight away with the main question, with the first question. It's not the main question. There are going to be many, many, many main questions. Uh, the first question that comes into my mind actually is directly arriving from my direct experience. I've been mounting on my commuter, also kind of small traveling bike, this uh, Peugeot Champagne of 1982. I've been mounting there a pair of Marathon Plus Schwalbe tires. It has been around now 12,000 kilometers, I would say, more or less, more than five years, making an average. And, well, if we are talking about sustainability, we need to talk for sure, for, of course, and for sure, about durability. And I would say that this is the perfect example about durability on a bike. Well, probably I cannot ask you about the secret of these tires, but for sure you can tell me more about everything that is surrounding this amazing product that is the Schwalbe Marathon Plus. Ah, by the way, I never had a puncture with it because before I forget about that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy that you're touching upon the marathon so early on, actually. Um, it really, well, we consider it to be the most important tire in our portfolio ever. And it's really, you know, the most important tire in our company's history. Uh, you said that your bike is from back from 1982? Yeah. Yeah. 
so the marathon was first launched in 1983. Oh, wow. And I think its characteristics back then still reflect sort of the philosophy as well as the identity of Schwalbe today. So, you know, to offer reliable tires to our customers with great puncture protection, durable compounds, a long-lasting, versatile tread, and uh, improved safety. So all of these elements uh, are still an incremental part of our current marathon series. And they really made us who we are today, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, one really important factor in all of our tires is the partnership that we have with our Korean manufacturer, Hongao. We never, ever produce with any other manufacturer. So we really know each other inside out and we went through thick and thin. So that means that you have people making our tires with, you know, decades and decades of experience. Um, and this really does lead to better build products, uh, more efficient use of resources, materials, better quality control, better testing, better facilities, better machinery, and ultimately a high quality and better tire. So you said that, you know, what's the secret? I don't think there's a secret per se, just a ton of experience between two partners. And we've been making it work since a really long time. And if I can ask you these questions, uh, actually this question, uh, where do you produce? Which, where's the producer of your tires? You, are you producing everything in Germany? Are you doing it in Europe? You're doing it in Asia or? Yeah, so we are produced. So our manufacturer is a Korean uh, family owned business. Okay. Moved our production to Indonesia and now also to Vietnam um, to be really close to uh, our raw materials, mainly rubber, of course. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I want to ask you about that is, so we all know that the Schwalbe Marathon Plus is a champion on durability. Are you also translating this experience with the, that you have with the Schwalbe Marathon and Marathon Plus also in, others, in other products of yours? Or you think that actually the Marathon Plus are a champion that the body will beat, at least inside of your portfolio? Inside our portfolio, I think I can very confidently say that the Marathon Plus is the ultimate when it comes to um, sort of everyday usage and durability and lifespan. But um, you may have heard of our Marathon Mondial. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really popular uh, tire for people that especially travel the world. And uh, I've heard some crazy stories of some of these guys that have done, you know, 25,000 kilometers, 30,000 kilometers on these tires with very few punctures. Um, it has a, a much more versatile tread. Um, you know, it's more off-road friendly. Um, so maybe the Mondial might actually have an even longer lifespan. It always depends on, you know, how, how you ride your, uh, your bike and uh, which air pressure to use and stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, I would say the, the Mondial and the Marathon Plus are our, uh, our two most durable tires. Perfect. So this was actually from my side, from my commuter side and everything like this. But I think that Andrea here has a couple of questions about mountain bikes, tire, mountain bike tires. Uh, yeah, um, as I said, I'm... Uh, I mean, I, I mostly ride mountain bikes, and I am an absolutely an, ab an absolute fan of the Magic Mary up front. Mm. But uh, in the 
past few years, I didn't really find any uh, any tire on your portfolio that was good on the on the rear. So I tried the Anstamp, for instance, and I always found that you know, like uh, at the opposite spectrum of the of the marathon, actually the durability had. I mean, like I, I had quite a few issue with with durability in that in that regard. I mean, I know that of course, like mountain biking is all about you know uh, soft compounds. But in that case, you know, I had like uh, a lot of times uh, knobs ripping off and these kind of things. Uh, from where does comes from? Like, what 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 was the issue? Because I I've heard that the new ones they seem to be much better. I never used it so far, but uh, I mean, how did you? Uh, I mean, what what was the issue, basically? Well, let me respond to the first part of your question first. Uh, we have an ideal rear tire now. In combination for the Magic Mary, uh, our new Big Betty, uh, which we actually just launched, I believe, last week. Mm-hmm. Yes, last week. Um, check it out online. It's a really, really great tire. Our athletes uh, are very, very happy with it. Uh, yeah, it's the, in the ideal tire combination Magic Mary up front and Big Betty in the rear. Um, talking about durability problems of our marathon tire, uh, of, of our mountain bike tires. Uh, yeah, we are very much aware of the problems of the past. Um, you know, it needs to be said that not all of our mountain bike tires were affected, but still we were really uh, unhappy with uh, some of the problems our customers were facing. So we tried to continuously uh, you know, eradicate these issues. Uh, first thing we did was we completely uh, um, reworked our mountain bike compounds uh, to the Addix range now, so ranging from um, ultra soft to uh, speed. Um, and what we have done now is we offer completely new tire constructions for all of our mountain bike tires. So ranging from, you know, more downhill oriented uh, racing to uh, cross country, we have five new tire constructions. Uh, all of them are a lot more durable, so they often have. Uh, additional layers of carcass material or material like Apex. And what that really means is that you have a much more puncture-proof tire, which ultimately also means that it's longer lasting. Sure. Um, actually, another another question that, that, I, that I would have is, um, I mean, for instance, like the, the cross-country tires, uh, I always found them like pretty good. Uh, I have some Thunderbirds in... Uh, on my 650B gravel gravel bike, and they're super fast rolling. Uh, I love them on on the gravel bike. Uh, I use them also on on my scalpel till I had it. Uh, now I don't have it anymore. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I was wondering, uh, kind of. I mean, like I always wonder what went wrong <laughs> with uh, you know with more aggressive threads, uh, with some of the more aggressive threads. But I guess you you already answer this question before basically but yeah so we we just tweaked a lot of the um the chemical compounds the chemical components that create the uh, let's say the oval compounds um and we really believe that what we have done now is uh a lot more durable but also uh because we we're talking the first question about the marathon plus i think it's really important to remember that uh Commuting or touring in, uh, in general is a very different area of use sure. than mountain biking. Because obviously mountain biking, by definition, is a lot more performance-oriented. It's a lot more aggressive. 
um, and the physical impacts that the material is exposed to is uh, so much more uh, demanding that, you know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously you, you're a cyclist, so you know this, but obviously the a, a mountain bike tire, performance-oriented mountain bike tire will never reach the lifespan of a marathon plus. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's totally okay if you change one tire, you know, like one tire per season. So, which, I mean, of course, would be like completely crazy for like a, a touring bike, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, yeah, this, this it, of course. I, I, I totally hear you. It was really frustrating for us as well and very... Um, you know, it gave us motivation to improve, and I, and we we really do feel like with our new uh, setup, we have uh, massively improved the quality as well as the overall riding experience of our tires. So I hope that you give our tires um, a try again in the future. Sure, we'll we'll definitely do. Thank you. Um, let's talk about the flip side of the coin then, if I can, and then we are going to approach everything related to some other cool topics. But so if on one side you have durability, right? On the other side, you have recycling of the materials. How do you approach in terms of recycling the material, recycling the tires and the inner tubes and whatever, uh, that your customers are using? So let me jump with an example. Do you have in place, or are you planning to have in place anytime soon, a recycling program for all the tires that are used by your customers, something like send us back your tires, we are gonna reuse it in a certain way, and after, uh, and then we are giving you, I don't know, a discount on that. Or on the other side, send us back all your inner tubes and we are gonna do something creative with it. Or on the other side, if your tire actually leaves the seasoning and is getting too much tired let's say uh, after shredding not so much send us back and we're gonna send you a new one do you have in place anything similar in terms of recycling the old tires and your old products or you're planning to do something like this and how do you see that okay so this is uh sebastian speaking uh, talking about recycling so this is uh my, my issue um, <laughs> great <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah first of all um you already mentioned it uh, talking about recycling means uh yeah uh, from the point of view at, at Schwalbe, we have to talk about two very different products the inner tubes and uh, the tires okay they, they really differ uh regarding the the use materials and raw materials chemical compo um, components um so for recycling, this means uh, you also have to use two very different ways of recycling. Um, so let's let's maybe first of all start with with the recycling of the inner tubes, which is uh, pretty much easier than the other topic, talking about the tire recycling. Okay. Um, I think you maybe you might have heard about uh, our tube recycling system, so the, the Schwalbe tube recycling system, which is uh, getting more and more famous. Um, it's a development we started in, or that was established in 2015, and uh, we started this uh, this tube recycling system um, right here in Germany. Um, what what we are doing, um, in, uh, yeah, regarding this system, is um, we motivate uh, our shops or in, uh, shops and retailers in general to collect old tubes um, from the customers. Um, Shops are equipped with, for example, uh, posters, stickers, banners, and uh, yeah, some 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 other marketing stuff uh, like that. And um, yeah, once uh, the 
tubes are collected at the shops. Uh, the retailers can put all the tubes in a box. Um, when the box is filled, uh, they can browse a link given by Schwalbe and um, print out a DHL shipping label. And uh, yeah, then can ship the package filled with old tubes back to our headquarter here in, in Reichshof, Germany. And uh, very, very important um, point of that system is uh, that every retailer, uh, doesn't matter if he uh, has Schwalbe products in their product range or not, uh, can participate in our tube recycling system. And um, the whole system or the entire uh, uh, logistics uh, and uh, yeah, your whole recycling process is absolutely free for all participants. So they don't pay anything for the, for the participation in the system. Um, so it's very, very easy for them to take part or to be part of, the, of that uh, system. Um, when the DHL packages with the tubes arrive at our headquarter, we pack them in uh, overseas containers, ship them back to Indonesia. And um, yeah, that's basically where the, the recycling magic uh, happens. Um, so we've got an own recycling plant, uh, which is directly located next to our production in Indonesia. Um, Schwalbe developed an own uh, recycling process for that, uh, a so-called devulcanization process. And uh, yeah, in, in, in easy words, uh, you can say that the, the old tubes are cut off in pieces, uh, are, are heated up so that they melt and yeah, the, the recycled material or the secondary raw material that comes out of that process is uh, called reclaim butyl. And uh, yeah, that material can can be reused in the production of new uh, inner tubes. And um, yeah, I, I have to mention um, that every new Schwalbe tube uh, nowadays contains 20% of uh, recycled material and very important without uh, any loss of the quality. So we can trust 100% also the, rec uh, the recycled rubber that you're using for... Uh, yeah, you're in their tubes done. That's what you're telling me. There is The quality is not affected by this process. Yes, absolutely not. Yes. Yeah, we, we started the system here in, in Germany. Um, uh, Netherlands started at the beginning of 2020 and we've uh, planned another start. Very happy about that. It's uh, yeah, uh, a launch planned in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think this September. Oh, wow. Okay, 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 okay. So I have to do. So I'm putting myself in my shoes usually. Uh, that is the sh the consumer side. So the only thing that I have to do, I just need to drop back all my used inner tubes instead of uh, dropping in the bin like I'm doing all the time. Just give it to give it back to the shop, and you are gonna actually taking care of everything. Yes, we've we've got a, a brand new uh, application on our website. Uh, you can browse Schwalbe.com and uh, yeah, search for the nearest or, or type in your postal code and search uh, for the nearest shop that is taking part in the system and yeah you can bring your old tubes there and uh, yeah help us to recycle the material that's amazing is that that's amazing what about the tires then yes <laughs> so the, the the most important question i think um yeah, I think because it's the most difficult part, right? Because uh, I think it's clear, recycling inner tubes is pretty also if you are a fan of uh, DIY things you use the inner tube for everything. You actually, if you want to protect your frame or whatever, you use it all the time. But tires, that's so difficult. Uh, that's absolutely correct. It's, it's really difficult. Um, the, the thing that makes it so difficult is the, the mix of materials being used when 
building attire. Uh, you've got lots of, of fillers, additives, uh, different types of rubber used in, in attire. Um, so tire recycling is, is pretty much not that easy. Um, maybe as an example, um, we can take a, a short outlook or a short look at the, um, for example, car or truck tire recycling industry. Um, I, I will not go that much uh, into detail, but um, I have to mention that there are three potential ways to recycle rubber products or especially tires. Um, so the first method to recycle rubber goods is uh, the so-called energetic utilization. Uh, that pretty much, uh, much means uh, burning the tires, uh, creating energy with the turbine. And uh, yeah, the end of the, of the burning process is that you have an ash. The ash is uh, deposited uh, in a landfill. And yeah, the raw materials are uh, gone and no longer usable. So um, as you can imagine, that first method of recycling is absolutely not sustainable. Yeah, it's actually yeah polluting the old world, basically, with the smoke or with the raw materials. Yeah, but even nowadays, that's the absolute most common way to yeah, okay. recycle or to yeah, use old, old or end-of-life tires. Um, but that's not, not a an, an sustainable way for the future. Okay. Um, so the, the, the second way is the so uh, to recycle rubber goods is the so-called mechanical recycling. Um, that just means that you uh, shred the waste tires into so-called tire chips or a granulate. And that granulate, uh, you might have heard about it, is, uh, for example, root, uh, use, reused in uh, road constructions or, uh, for example, um, as, a, as a filler in, in sports or in playgrounds. But um, usually this uh, yeah, cut-off material or secondary raw material um, yeah, has a significant loss of quality. Uh, so, yeah, it's also very difficult to use that recycling method. And yeah, the third and last uh, variation of, of recycling is um, the so-called feedstock recycling. And yeah, that's a very interesting topic. And um, that includes all so-called thermochemical methods um, that basically you know, you heat, heat up the, the waste materials. And uh, depending on the process, you can create different secondary raw materials, such as, uh, for example, oils or gases. Uh, yeah, and uh, that raw materials can then be reused. Um, but uh, I definitely have to say that all these uh, thermochemical methods uh, for tire recycling are still in yeah, kind in a uh, kind of uh, R and D status. So um, they are all pretty much under development. And um, yeah, so maybe uh, to, to draw a conclusion from from the perspective of Schwalbe. Um, I can say that uh, at, at the moment um, we, are, we are really busy working on a solution um, for, for tire recycling. Um, but uh, at this point of time, um, there is no, yeah, no, no, no details, uh, uh, plan or method uh, we, we could figure out. So um, yeah, we are still under uh, the, the system is still under construction, and we're still in, in uh, development stage now. Okay, I'm gonna be direct, so you can choose or not to ask to make to answer to my question. But which one, in your personal opinion, and in the personal, actually in the company opinion of Schwalbe, which one is in your mind, in your idea, the best solution? Then one of these three, or you have a fourth one in mind? <laughs> oh, I think uh, that would be absolutely. Uh Absolutely, a goal to achieve a, a fourth method. Um, no, but uh, I think <laughs> okay. the, the first. <laughs> uh, 
that would be absolutely pioneer work. <laughs> um, so no, uh, the first method, uh, so just uh, burning the, the tires uh, um, is, is no option for us. Um, maybe you're thinking about com combining uh, uh, different other methods of uh, yeah, uh, mechanical um, treatment of all tires. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just can uh, say that we're really uh, hard or really hard working on, on a solution, uh, testing a lot. Um, yeah, but at the moment, uh, th there is no proper solution. <laughs> I, I can, I can uh, uh, say that we are using, uh, or that I can say we're 100% using that in the future. So um, it, it, it even starts with the logistic uh, chain, because uh, when you compare tubes and tires, uh, the, the, the tubes can easily be packed in, in a DHL package, can be sent uh, in, in, in small boxes. But uh, yeah, it, it starts with a logistical uh, system that, that we have to set up um, that allows yeah, to, to collect old tires, to, to send them. Um, but it's very hard because the dimensions of the tires are a lot higher than or bigger than the, the one of the tubes. So uh, yeah, it's a very difficult process chain we have to set up in future. And uh, I mean, in terms of like, numbers or you know statistics how, how much of a tire can you actually recycle as in i mean i i i'm wondering like you know like the the, the tube i believe that you can you can reuse pretty much everything but i i, I was i was wondering how much can you reuse i mean with the method that they they, they exist how much can you reuse of a, of a tire? First of all, you have to, to um, uh, keep in mind that uh, tires have, uh, or they, they, they lose some rubber when, when riding your bike. Sure. So you cannot recycle 100% uh, of a new tire because uh, yeah, some of the material, uh, it depends on, on your riding style. Uh, maybe maybe 10, maybe 20% is gone in, in, in the environment. Um, so, um, but there are some uh, ways that you can definitely recycle all of the rest so you have to uh, find a way to to separate materials and um, yeah so there's a way for example to recycle steel that's uh, what we for example do with the valves of the of the tubes and um, yeah then that's uh, our homework to find ways to recycle uh, for example the the, the rubber um, and yeah so but uh, I have I have no solution for that yet. <laughs> so, okay, cool. And uh, I mean, how, how much is the you know the the impact in terms of in terms of like emissions on you know like recycling uh, recycling rubber? Because I mean, so recycling is 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 an amazing thing, right? But sometimes uh, upcycling is is as a lesser or like a lower impact in terms of CO two. So, is there any any figure? I mean, I I have no idea, right? But I was wondering if if there is any figure on uh, how bad is for the for the for the environment to recycle rubber. Um, so you have to imagine that uh, or, or tires are made of uh, or uh, it is it is used crude oil uh, making tires um, uh, or synthetic materials and um, burning goods with. Uh, crude oil in it always emits the yeah, CO2, uh, the greenhouse gas, and um, yeah, well, in general, uh, materials that uh, consist carbon or carbohydrogens. And um, I think there are some, uh, 
some some figures uh, you you can can read in, in articles or uh, that are suggesting that you can uh, reduce uh, CO2 emissions um, about uh, yeah three hundred uh, or four percent when recycling tires. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've also just read about these these figures. Um, we, we couldn't uh, try it out now because we do not have the the certain. Um, but uh, it's it's a fact that um, recycling will have a positive impact on uh, CO two emissions. Okay. Okay. See. Thank you. Well, I want to still touch base on the point of recycling because it's really, really super, super interesting. We were talking before about recycling uh, the tubes, the inner tubes. Then you kind of slightly mentioned uh, what you're doing in order to recycle the valves of it. So tell us about more all your process of recycling and which parts are related to this recycling process and... Maybe we can touch base here as well on the recycling of the packaging itself. So what do you use for your products? What, what recycled material do you use for your product and what and how do you recycle on your products? I don't know if it makes sense. Um, so the, the, the biggest thing in, in, in our recycling uh, actions are... Uh, are definitely using the, the reclaimed material uh, made uh, from, from our tube recycling system. Uh, so all, all Schwalbe tubes are 100% recyclable. The welves uh, or the, the steel of the welves can, can uh, easily be, be recycled and uh, used as uh, uh, or reused in, in new steel products. 20% uh, recycled rubber is uh, used in each or reclaimed material is used in each uh, Schwalbe tube. Um, uh, I think another big thing or another big development is, is our Schwalbe uh, green compounds. I don't know if you've heard about that before. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, green comp compound in, in per definition means that uh, the compound only contains polymers made of renewable or recycled materials. Uh, uh, let me give you an example. Um, mm -hmm. If you know our uh, road cruiser tire, um, uh, for example, the, the tread compound of, of that tire of the road cruiser is a 100% green compound. And, uh, yeah, you can really see that uh, the road cruiser is getting more and more uh, popular among society and our uh, consumers. And uh, that really pushed us to uh, yeah, adopt these green compounds uh, maybe to, to other products um, in, in future. Um, so you, you just mentioned uh, the, the point with the, with the packaging materials. Um, we, 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 have, uh, yeah, we have different, different things we have to pack uh, due to the, the um, protection uh, uh, during the, the logistic chain. And for example, we have some LDPE products. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, um, we, we are always trying, or, or Marcos and I, so uh, we're always trying to uh, compare the, the packaging products um, regarding to the the, um, the CO two impact, so the en environmental impact. Um, we are pretty much collecting data and tr trying to to set up a, a Schwalbe database for, for all our products, um, and uh, that helps us to to decide, for example, which packaging material is, is better. 
it's not always, uh, uh, yeah, such as as, as uh, consumers think uh, that, for example, paper is better than plastic. That's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely not true. Um, so that, that's why Marcus and I are setting up a real database, and um, yeah, that's that's uh, the the basic framework for, for our decisions. Yeah, but, uh, maybe Marcus uh, can can uh, tell you something more about that point. Absolutely, Stefano. Uh, as general framework. Um, uh, in life uh, cycle assessment, as uh, Sebastian uh, um, already informed you, is used to determine environmental impacts related to all the stages of the life cycle of the product, the process and, uh, and the service. And uh, the result of this uh, uh, life cycle assessment is, uh, example provides information about the carbon footprint. Uh, of the product measured in uh, CO2 equivalent, <clears throat> and uh, currently we are we are developing uh, such LCA um, database for for all our products, um, packing materials, and and um, everything uh, in the production, like from from uh, from mixing to compound until packing, uh, and also shipping to to the customers. But it's a uh, it's a huge uh, database that that uh, takes takes uh, certain time. So and and, and we started it uh, a few few months ago, and it will be will be also for us. It's a, a yeah, it's a, a challenge to to do uh, an LCA for for all our products. And can you give us maybe? I don't know, some takeaways, something that actually some numbers, some plain numbers, or also some feelings that you have from the database and from the data that you are collecting uh, from the beginning till now. No, we, 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 we don't, we don't uh, uh, have figures on hand to, to uh, in, in, inform uh, you some more details because it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's, it's not, not finished yet because it's a continuous um, process um it's constantly uh, being uh, collected uh, new data and and uh, uh, we have to improve all, all this um, all this system maybe uh, maybe I, I can give you one one example uh, which which uh, shows a very impressive uh, number okay uh, we, we've we've done such an LCA um, uh, so so as Marcus started we, we, we are just uh, in, in the in the stage of setting up this this database um, but we've done uh, such an LCA before uh, for our tube recycling system for example and uh, that LCA shows that um, the recycling system uh, comes out with 80% less energy than uh, the production of tubes uh, made of virgin butyl um, and of course this also means um, that this system um, yeah, comes out or, or creates 80% uh, less CO2 emissions. Um, and yeah, thereby we, we, we can absolutely uh, help to protect the environment and um, to um, yeah, minimize the, the um, um, greenhouse gas emissions of, of our production and our products. So this is, a, in my opinion, it's a very impressive uh, number that shows that um, yeah, recycling definitely has an impact of uh, our, our uh, ecological uh, part of our production and products. Um, so uh, um, I work for an open source company and I was wondering if, so, I mean, of course, like uh, it, it would be great if those kind of data, I mean, of course, like 
stripped down of all the, you know, all the specific Schwalbe magic uh, would would actually be, you know, available for others to to kind of build up a framework in which companies can, um, you know, kind of confront their data and say, okay, we're doing better or we're doing worse or just actually just to kind of have a, a point of view on what's i mean you know like what's going on and uh how much how much impact this thing has i mean and i think i mean would you ever uh consider to open source uh open open some of those data for for other to be to be consumed um i definitely uh, share your opinion with uh, the, the part of the comparison uh, of, of different uh, tire manufacturers or, or manufacturers or, or even products um, within one company. Um, I, I cannot really say if, if we are uh, if, if we are doing so. Um, the, the thing is that first of all, we have to do uh, all all our homework and have to collect all the data so that we are 100 or 110 percent sure that the data is correct. <laughs> And maybe then we can uh, yeah, label our products or our process chain uh, with with, the, with this data. But uh, it's it's just so pretty hard to set up this 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 chain um, and and uh, set all the links between the logistic partners, uh, the, the production, the, the, the warehouses. Um, so yeah, I, I cannot really really answer that question at at, uh, at that point of time. Uh, let me be a bit more direct. Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be the bad cop in this case, Andrea. Sorry for that. To be a bit more precise, and feel free also here to repeat again that still you don't have it in plan. But what about all this data that you are gonna collect? Are you gonna are you gonna utilize them in the future or use them in the future only to specially to optimize your production chain and everything related to that or do you think that thanks to all your numbers and all your figures and all your research that you are going to do you will be able to share the data just for example in a white paper and show to everybody how important is for example the thing that you just mentioned how important is to recycle product instead of building and creating all the time something new this could be for example a start uh, a good uh, yeah, a good starting point, a good kickoff for a white paper. Do you think that you're going to do that or you are still only have in mind to use all the data and all your research only to optimize your production chain? I think I can imagine a future where this will become the status quo anyway. I would love to. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you have, you know, uh, especially a lot of startups now in, say, the food industry, are able to trace the exact carbon footprint of each and every single product they're doing. And I think this will become the status quo for uh, the large majority of other industries, including ours. And um, so it's not even a matter of do we want to share the data or not. There's no reason for us to hide our data. That's great. Because, because we've been working for many, many years really hard towards a more sustainable production and towards... Uh, more sustainable products. Um, just like the other guys were saying, you know, at the moment we're still in, in its infancy when it comes to collecting the data. And I think once we're able to present, say, the carbon footprint of a, a marathon or a Magic Mary, then I think we'd be really excited to share this. 
Great. And maybe let's add, we are, we are, uh, so the, the philosophy of Schwalbe is definitely not to do any greenwashing for our company. So uh, we want to really want to do uh, database recycling and uh, really want to create database uh, ecological, ec ecological issues with, with our actions. So um, that's, that's really the, the, the heart of our uh, company philosophy. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it would be very important to have like uh, yeah a reference framework, right? I mean, I think that you know the the, the work that uh, Patagonia started a few years ago about you know like uh, being kind of you know aware of how much how much is the impact of what we wear. Uh, it's it's I mean it it, it has been unbelievable, and I, I believe that it's it is very important. Uh, to be aware of, you know, like, uh, what is the impact of uh, your money, your, your, you know, like your company making money out of a product, right? I mean, you know, exactly. Right? Yeah. Talking about Patagonia, their retail prices are also unbelievable. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, no, I mean, they've, they've done pioneering work. And um, I think it, for us, it, you know, I mean, a lot of companies now are using uh, sustainability as a marketing tool, which which is still good for the environment, but it's also a little bit hypocritical. And we are trying to, um, to you know, that's why the guys are collecting this kind of data, that we're really uh, trusting in what we're doing, that we are fully aware of what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I think once we're able to communicate this, uh, we will do so. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that it's uh, very important to not to do this just because you want to sh you want to show off, but you know, like to 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 actually make a statement and say, look, you can produce whatever a product uh, impacting less the the environment, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have actually a question that is about creativity. Let me start from here. Um, Creative-wise, seems like you are doing a lot for fulfilling this kind of need that you have because you are still into an environment, in a field, in a market, in an industry where environmental-free environmental and sustainability is pretty important. But on the other side, when I'm talking about um, creativity, I can see that, for example, you are working a lot on the creativity, for example, of letting people recycle more on their inner tubes with the system, with the process that you just uh, told us. Another thing that I saw, in order to increase the sensibility on sustainable topics, you also, for example, created the tires that has actually the, the walls that are green. I think that this one was another point. But because creativity is such a big milestone in your, um, yeah, in your statement, in your brand personality and everything like this, how do you combine, apart from the couple of things that I mentioned, how do you combine creativity with sustainability and recycling and everything related to that? I think, you know, creativity is definitely a sort of a driving force or, you know, really a major pillar uh, when we develop in our company. So um, especially when you're talking about sustainability, uh, in our industry, you know, we always talk about we're, we are sustainable. And yes, of course, we are sustainable. You know, the, the bicycle is a very sustainable uh, method of transportation. But uh, often 
uh, when you when you get actually into more detail, you realize that we're still very much at its infancy. So very few or no benchmarks have been set in terms of sustainability. So we must work with a lot of creativity because with creativity, you have uh, very few or no limitations. So you can really explore and experiment with different ideas um, in order to create ultimately a product which is uh, more sustainable than uh, what we had in the past. So, you know, um, it, now sustainability is a really important factor. Whenever we create any new product, whether it's um, in the sportive segment or whether it's in the touring segment, whether it's for tubes or uh, other parts of uh, our product line, you know, whether it's, you know, the different compounds we're using or the, the depth of the tread that I designed for a new tire, um, whether it's the puncture protection that, that I'm, I'm working on, I always think of, you know, how can I make this tire longer lasting? How can I uh, make this tire better than the tire before? How can I make sure that what I'm doing is fair and sustainable to the environment? So in that regard, creativity is really important because it enables me to explore freely without limitations. Cool. So I have, from my side, the last sharp question, and then we will talk about plans for the future because I'm pretty interested in that. And then I will actually, also Andrea, I don't know if he has another questions, but actually I think that he, also Andrea, is going to be pretty, pretty interesting in my sharp question. And I will go for that. Be ready. So inner tube or tubeless system, which one do you think is more sustainable for the environment? You know, because you usually talk about uh, tubeless and inner tubes in terms of, uh, I don't know, performances, in terms of uh, how easy it is to fix stuff and blah, blah, blah. But nobody talks about that in a sustainable way, right? Well, I think that the first thing that comes into my mind is if you, if you don't use an inner tube, you don't need raw materials to produce that inner tube. So uh, that's that's. But on the other hand, you you use uh, milk, which comes usually in plastic bottles, which goes into the environment. Yes, but but the uh, <laughs> the raw material in in our milk is. Uh... You can create an own podcast just with this question. <laughs> we are here. We can record for another couple of hours, and then I am gonna actually check it out and discuss about that. Because actually, from your voice, it seems like also for you there is a couple of relations to that difference, right? Tubes against inner tubes. Sorry, tubeless against inner tubes. I mean. Just like you were saying in your introduction, it's so we usually we're confronted with this question in terms of performance, yeah, or, or, or right quality, yeah, not not in, in terms of sustainability, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I'm gonna then I'm gonna stay with your answer, I'm gonna keep it broad, but probably we can talk about that then from the performance point of view in another podcast. But I really like, anyways, apart from jokes, I really like your point of view, but because you were saying, of course. Uh, if you're using an inner tube, you're using some more raw materials and energy in order to produce it. So this is one side. But on the other side, you can also think that in, um, the inner tubes are recyclable. And you actually explained us 
so good how almost everything is recyclable on that 100%, especially with your system. And that's pretty interesting. And on the other side, the milk that you're using on the tires comes into uh, plastic bottles. They are as well recyclable, but probably they're not recyclable 100% from you, but it's going to be on a different path. So also this point of view is super interesting. You're taking out something, you're putting something else inside, and you don't know actually what is going to be recyclable or not. And what's the impact of, of, of the milk or, or, or the sealant when you know, you, you do slash a tire and it goes into I don't know, a forest or whatever. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe uh, once we've collected our data, we are actually able to give you a more uh, precise answer. Yes, absolutely. I think so, yeah. Okay, I'm going to, you have my contacts. Let me know because I'm pretty interested on the topic. And yeah. actually, <laughs> one last bit on this topic. Where did uh, USD go uh, went? In, in in this the, this past few years, you remember the, the, those like uh, yes the, the the real the real tubeless system USB. exactly exactly I mean yeah, wh where it, did it, it go? Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it, it went away <laughs> because where's Waldo? Of course, the the USC system is uh, the real tubeless system. What you also have for uh, passenger car tires and also for uh, truck tires and motorcycle tires. With the hump in 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 the in the uh, um, in the rim and and it stays uh, on on the on the rim if you have a, a pinch or, or a flat exactly it yeah works without sealant but for for the bicycle um, riders this system was uh, overweight so it was it was uh, more more weight than a normal tire with a standard tube. But and and you had no no advantage when you have a when you have a puncture okay when it stays in so you have a, a less less uh, um, flat so less air loss not not a, not an explode like like a tube or an uh, um, a quick air loss mm. but it uh, it's it yeah, it went gone because of of this weight. Great issue, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, basically, we went the full we went the full circle, right? So we started to want to uh, to want like uh, lighter tires, then uh, then we went for wider rims, then carbon rims, lighter tires, and then we say, ah, okay, you know what? Let's put an insert in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went full circle. Now, I mean, we have heavy tire heavy tires again, and <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see your point. But, but uh, when when I remember that days when when we also had the UST tires, um, we we uh, we always used some some sealant in in the in the normal uh, UST uh, tubeless tires to to prevent also from a, from a flat. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, then it was yeah. super safe. Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I also know people who put sealant inside the tubes uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, but, yes, of course. <laughs> but, but yeah, it could it could work, but but. Uh, Normally, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So after this push from Andrea directly to your to your market and probably to your product manager, uh, Felix, I'm talking about you. Uh, I just want to ask you guys, what's in the future of Schwalbe in terms of sustainability? We you talked already about a couple of really really good topics, and that is gonna be is gonna be yourself really committed for the future on that. But what else? What else are we doing? In terms of sustainability in the future, well, so the guys mentioned the various programs we're already doing. So tube recycling, uh, we're tirelessly working on uh, tire recycling. 
I'm not sure if you've heard, we're currently uh, extending uh, our headquarter here in Germany. Yeah. Uh, because we're really crammed in here at the moment. So <laughs> we need more space. Okay. Um, what we're doing is we're, we're building this building according to the cradle to cradle principle. And actually, uh, Sebastian has uh, a lot to say about that. Yes, I don't know if you've ever heard about the, the cradle to cradle or uh, short the C to C principle. No, Have you? <laughs> no, I'm super ignorant <laughs> on that. No, sorry. <laughs> you. Um, the, the basic idea of the cradle to cradle principle is uh, to to break up with with the current situation, which is uh, basically a, a kind of a flow economy, mm -hmm. and to create a kind of a circular economy, and. Uh, to uh, with that to avoid any waste um, and yeah, there is to reach uh, this future status quo uh, by uh, reusing materials, reusing energy, for example, in uh, the production or uh, yeah, in, in any kind of machines, and yeah, um, you can even adapt uh, as Felix already said this C to C or cradle to cradle system uh, to to buildings or even to architecture. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're putting a lot of effort into uh, researching the appropriate materials we can and are allowed to use in the building. Um, you know, from uh, like we're talking from concrete to furniture. Uh, so it's really exciting because it's it's uh, very much out of our comfort zone. Um, we hope. Well, we were hoping to move in at the end of this year, but. I'm going to be pessimistic and say we'll move in by the beginning of next year. Um, we are also uh, currently reworking our main production plant in Indonesia. So we're completely remodeling. Um, we're updating our machinery park. So that will make it a lot more um, efficient, energy efficient. Um, we're using more uh, lean production processes, uh, which we're really um, excited to uh, about. Also, we are um, working on our product portfolio as a whole, so how we can um, redesign established products uh, to become more sustainable in the future. Of course, the, uh, we're doing this very closely with Sebastian and Marcus, and we will make direct use of the data that they will be collecting in the following months. And then lastly, we have a um, really new and exciting partnership with uh, the Fair Rubber organization. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard of Fair Rubber. No, have you? no, 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 no. Fair Rubber, by principle, is very much like Fair Trade. Okay. So Fair Rubber works directly with plantation workers, small farmers, and tuppers of natural rubber. Uh, tuppers are the people that literally tap the rubber tree to collect it, uh, to collect the natural rubber. Um, so what, what we do is we pay a premium uh, for every kilogram of natural rubber that we are buying off the tappers. And uh, this is then, uh, they receive 100% of this premium and they use this to improve their standard of living, their quality of life, uh, they improve and establish uh, their infrastructure, uh, build kindergartens, doctor practices, and so forth. Um, so this is a really new partnership. We're doing this since April. Yeah. 
Uh, unfortunately, our capacities are quite limited at the moment, so we're only using it for two tire models. But okay. obviously, in the future, we're really hoping to be able to uh, increase the capacities and use more uh, fairly uh, traded natural rubber in more of our products. Cool, but uh, if I can just stress a second on that, because from time to time, uh, myself as well, I'm going to put myself on the first line, I forget that actually rubber comes from a tree. So it's a natural product, basically, and it can be uh, fairly or sustainable, uh, taken out and everything like this. But how much is the percentage of your product that uses so how much of the total rubber is natural rubber the one that you use uh, that really depends on the tire model and size no uh, i'm talking about the full the hundred percent of your production well, that's, that's hard to say <laughs> okay uh, okay fair enough it's fair well, enough I can, I can understand i'm i'm actually i studied literature i'm the worst with numbers but i was just curious of it depends on on the component and the tire size so it's, yeah it's hard, hard to be if, to, to say these figures because it's also yeah. depends on our uh, rubber recipes and this is uh, hardly too. Uh, well, it's difficult to communicate this as well. <laughs> I can understand the magic should be secret. I can understand. No, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's very much dependent on uh, the, the the tire itself, and of course we're using we're working with so many different compounds, which means they have different contents of natural rubber. Um, that it's uh, difficult to find an overall average, I think. Okay, okay. Do you have something to add, Andrea? Uh, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm actually good. And then, do you have something to add on the other side, guys? Um, maybe just one question um, regarding this recycling topic. What, what do you do uh, with your old uh, tires and, and tubes? Uh, I'm gonna start from myself because I'm the bad one. So usually my tubes. So I actually think that I have. Of my three bikes, two of them are with the inner tube, so my road bike and my commuter bike. My commuter bike is fine because I've been using the same inner tube since ages, since ever. And so that bicycle, I would say, that is sustainable by itself. But my road bike, I usually, with the inner tubes, I actually uh, drop them. I was living in, uh, in Germany uh, till last year, two years ago. And so there were actually specific places where I can put it. And I was doing, on the other side with the tires, I was just uh, dumping it in the normal bin. So I'm really, 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 really bad on that. And now that I'm in, in Switzerland, it's basically the same thing. Uh, I'm trying to get the best out of my inner tubes by reusing them and doing something like specific product. I don't know, from time to time, for example, I use it for protecting my frame or to make something out of it. So also, so I remember that once I also use it as uh, handlebar tape because it's pretty comfy. And then on top of it, I was putting the handlebar mm -hmm. tape. So I try to reuse it by myself, but with the tires, there's nothing that I can do. I usually just... Uh, dump it and trash it like they are also because here you have how do you call it these kind of things they're burning of the waste here in switzerland so is good for the environment no is it the same as it's just throwing it into the ocean yeah it's a bit better okay so we'll uh, let you know when you're ready to go <laughs> with the tire recycling system of yeah course. and especially when you're doing everything in switzerland let, let me know because i would be super super interested on in that uh I mean, for, for what concerns me, uh, here, as far as I know, they have, like, uh, recycling plants for uh, tires. They're, I mean, you know, they're outside of the city. It's it's a pain to bring them there. I normally, you know, like, collect them and then uh, bring them uh, every once in a while. 
you also have to, to kind of bring a voucher that they give you like two voucher per year or something inner tubes i don't use that many inner tubes to be honest i mean i, I i'm tubeless on all the bikes i have uh the sealant though I, i'm a bit concerned uh but i mean i use stunts uh but uh, someone told me that there are sealant that are environmental friendly yeah it is uh but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what uh, environmental friendly means uh, in that no, case. No, but... I can, can ex explain to you uh, uh, on this point because we, we talked about before. Um, the uh, Doc Blue professional is uh, has uh, um, Doc Blue is uh, our sealant. Our sealant. Okay, okay, good to know. I'm not gonna tell you which one I'm using because I'm, I don't want to talk about the competition. Sorry. No, this. Uh... Competition is good, huh? No. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it is made. It is, it is made from from uh, latex uh, water. So latex is also same as natural rubber. It's, it's uh, the liquid rubber from the tree. Okay. Water and uh, organic uh, organic um, natural uh, um, um, additives, mm -hmm. and all 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 these uh, additives are. Um, harmless uh, for to the health and also uh, for the environment so it the substances uh, are de degradable uh, in the environment and it fits into the biological cycle uh, when you when it when it will go uh, you have a flat and you have to to put a, a tube in and some somehow uh, i'm not sure how many latex will be uh, or uh, milk will be kept in a, in a in a tire when you use for 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 gravel bike, you use I think 60 milliliter one one of our bottles, and then it's uh, also cover cover the the tube, so it's less than I think 20 30 milliliter, so it's uh, it's uh, totally uh, degradable in in the in the biological cycle. Okay. That, that point Mark is talking about because uh, collecting all this data we we mentioned is is not only about collecting. Uh, kind of CO2 uh, figures or CO2 emission data because it's uh, yeah also for example about uh, toxicity and uh, that makes the collecting work even even much harder yeah good point yeah 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 it makes a lot of sense actually maybe something that we can think about in the future to work together whatever making something like as I was saying a white pepper or a small brochure or whatever it is with what do you do talking about the, with the consumer what do you do to recycle and to keep actually your bicycle ride sustainable and then we can talk about your system for recycling the inner tubes and which kind of sealants you can use in order to be a bit more environmental friendly or which one of the projects that you can do with doing yourself uh, so DIY whatever things to do with your inner tubes or with your tires this could be also a good thing something like uh, giving to the people a bit of a heads up on uh, okay we are trying to produce everything sustainable. We are trying to be as much as, as much as environmental friendly as we can be as a company. But how can you help us? This could be also super interesting, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect, guys. I would say that it was great, great, great talk with you today. I was super happy to have here on my side also Andrea, so he could also go a bit more nerd than I do, because you are also were asking us, ah, what do you do with the sealant? What do you do? I usually go to Andrea and he fix everything for me. So he's the nerd part of the my cycling life. So I'm super happy that we talked about plans for the future, 
compounds and everything nerds that can be and we can see actually how you are trying and you're making everything possible in order to change this industry at least on your side on trying to make everything a bit more sustainable and i'm super super happy to see all this commitment from your side yeah thank you very much yeah, for your thank time you. thank you from Thanks. our side yeah perfect then i will talk to you soon all right ciao guys ciao ciao bye okay bye, bye. recycling green programs green compounds data mining there is a lot of things that are still in the potential for Schwalbe and something else was done. Well, we are living in exciting time. Exciting time because really, finally, sustainability got into the conversation. It can be better, of course it can be, but we can only doing it by continuing this conversation. Till next time, we are done for this mini-series and hopefully something new is gonna come for the future. Whatever is your feedback, hello at calamaro.cc, this is the email where you can send it, or calamaro.cc, Andre underscore Malacarne, or Broomwagon Club, Instagram accounts where you can send us your thoughts and everything you want to touch base on this topic or in any other topic. I want to say thank you to, first of all, Andrea, who really came with me in this journey and co-ideate this program, let's say, this kind of format of the show and i want to say thank you also for all the guests that were here with us and thinking about adam and chris from rebel and y cycles and thinking about chris king from chris king ollie from the morvelo and the overland and felix sebastian and marcus from schwalbe and all the people that made this really happened and everybody that gave me a contact and just gave us a shout out on continue on this topic as i was saying until next time till then try to be a bit more critical on the things that you're doing with your bike and as well the things that you are putting on your bike thank you and bye